He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Hi, it's a pleasure to be stuck in the middle with you, New York City area. This is Dick Morris, former advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, which was quite a balancing act. Um, The Trump rally last night was absolutely incredible. It was wonderful. It was great to see him back there. It was great to see him taking charge. And I had a long private conversation with the former president uh, a week ago yesterday. And I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. We're about to hear about Freedom Ring. Let's go, guys. Okay. I'm sorry for that. Um, the, uh, the Trump rally really reminded me again of how vibrant he is, how strong he is, and what his, uh, what his potential for a second term is. Let me be, let me clear up some doubts that people have. Number one, Donald Trump is running in 2024. Uh, any, Donald Trump is running in 2024. Uh, he's, uh, I, he isn't announcing it in public. Uh, he's hinting at it. He's teasing at it, but he's doing it. And right now he's engaged in, which is really the first primary of the country, not New Hampshire or Iowa, but the Trump primary, which is essentially cleansing the Republican Party of the rhinos and the squishy Republicans who inhibit his agenda. And, uh, are not expressive of the will of the party, but expressive of the, the will of the establishment media. The, um, Joe Biden, on the other hand, is cut, caught in quicksand, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Trump is gonna run, he's gonna win the nomination, uh, and I believe he's gonna win the election of 24. The Democratic Party is destroying itself, and I think any Republican who runs in 24 is going to beat any Democrat who runs in 2024. And as a practical matter, that means Trump will defeat Biden or Harris. No matter what happens to Trump, no matter what goes on, the talk of his of Cyrus Vance moving against him in New York and various other perils that might befall him, he'll overcome them, just like he overcame two impeachments. And uh, he will overcome them because of one fundamental fact. The Republican Party is totally united in sticking behind him. There are a few people who are not on board, but they're congressmen and senators and stuff, and they're going to be beaten in primaries in 22. And the Republican Party will be united as never before for Donald Trump. Uh, the whole purpose 
of this effort on Trump's part is to consolidate the party. And uh, he's now sort of set up the Trump primary. He's interviewing candidates to decide who is his favorite candidate running against Lisa Murkowski, who's his favorite candidate running against Gonzalez, the congressman from Ohio, who was talking about yesterday in the rally. And that is really demonstrating to every Republican the likelihood of Trump prevailing for the Republican nomination in 24. Now, the flip side of that is that Biden is completely stuck in quicksand. Uh, he, he absolutely is going no place. His agenda is dead on arrival in the Congress. And because he's stuck in quicksand in the Senate, unable to move his agenda, he has lost control over events. And the uh, left of the Democratic Party is deserting him and turning on him. And uh, there's going to be a gigantic civil war in the Democratic Party, ripping it apart. So while the Republicans will be coalescing around Trump and determined to see him through, the Democrats will be disappointed with Biden, angry at him for not vindicating their agenda, and furious that they got him elected and that he's not going anywhere. The only accomplishment he will have had is the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill that he passed. The um, infrastructure bill, the so-called bipartisan one, if it should live to tell about it, is basically meaningless. It's about $600 billion, most of which has already been appropriated. Of that $600 billion, about $300 billion was already voted in the stimulus package. It's redundant. It just wasn't spent by the states because they were smart enough not to participate in the extra unemployment benefits because they knew that that would just raise their unemployment rate. And they understood that this was something that where they uh, shouldn't spend that money but should kick it back to Washington because it would be poison to their workforce. And uh, that's $300 million of it. And other stuff in it is just projections of happy, rosy economic data and hoping that the data works out and that everybody really is all rich and paying more in taxes. It's hardly a basis for serious legislation. So Biden is has lost control over events. Uh, there's a wonderful quote I think I've given you before by Henry Kissinger that has always guided my perception of politics. He said that, a statesman's duty is to bridge the gap between his vision and his nation's expectations. If his vision goes too far ahead of his nation's experience, if his vision is too far ahead of the experience, he loses his mandate. But if he hews too close to the conventional, he loses control over events. And you're seeing Biden lose control over events now. Uh, in foreign policy, he's challenged everywhere by dictators who understand how weak he is. In domestic policy, he's stymied by the inability to, get, to discard the filibuster. And his spending policies are being stymied by the increasing likelihood of inflation and the unwillingness of the members of the Senate to vote for this crazy, crazy spending. So... Um, I believe that Biden is in serious trouble, and I think that Trump is absolutely poised to exploit that. There is a new poll out from Rasmussen that I think is, is very – I'm sorry, from McLaughlin that I think is very important. He said – this is out yesterday. 
Over the past few months, more and more voters thought that the U.S. was headed in the right direction. But this month, the wrong track exceeded the right track by 48 to 47. And among undecided voters who are undecided who they'll vote for for Congress, Democrat or Republican, they say the U.S. is on the wrong track by 47 to 33. Independents say it's on the wrong track by 55 to 39. And suburban voters say it's on the wrong track by 53 to 44. Those are the kinds of numbers that will make it impossible for Biden to run again and to have any hopes of winning. We've been gripped this week, this past week, by the travesty and the tragedy of Rudy Giuliani uh, being excoriated and banned from the practice of law by the powers that be in the New York State Bar. This is just totally outrageous. It's terrorism, effectively. It's basically telling them that, telling anyone that if you defend your client and your client is unpopular and violates the political conventional wisdom of the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the television networks, that he will, that, 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 that he will risk being disbarred. If, if you take that position and you defend someone who's accused of that, you are in serious trouble. Every step that anyone who is for Trump is taking is is absolutely endangering their safety, and uh, that's the purpose of that court of that ruling about Rudy and the bar. The short-term purpose is to pressure Rudy to turn on Trump and give them evidence so that they can indict Trump. He's not going to do that. He's not going to violate attorney-client privilege, and there's nothing to turn over. There's nothing there. It's a witch hunt. But more importantly, it's a reign of terror. It's to tell all of us that we are being watched and our career could be destroyed, our lives could be destroyed if we stray outside and criticize the conventional wisdom and the powers that be. Give me a call. Let me know what you think about all this. 848, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 800-848-9222. Gotcha. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. That's 9222 is WABC. So I believe Trump has a lock on the Republican nomination. I think whoever is the Republican candidate is going to win in 24. I think there are going to be huge Republican gains in 22. I believe they will gain 20 to 40 seats in the House and two to four seats in the Senate and get control of both bodies. I think Biden's agenda is over. He's run out of steam and he's stuck in what that song I played says, quicksand. So that's the state of the world. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm one All Rudy did was to represent his client, speak of his client's point of view, his client happened to be the President of the United States. The issue he was talking about was the most consequential judicial issue we faced in the United States 
maybe in our recent history, whether an election was fraudulent or not. Uh, none of the courts would touch it. None of the courts went to discovery and audits to see what really happened in the election. Now the state legislatures are having to come through and commission audits in their own states, which I believe will find massive and widespread irregularities and shenanigans. And uh, this was all brought about because one man stood up for his client and demanded that the truth be told. And that man is Rudy Giuliani. You can look at his fabulous success in reducing murder and crime in New York, in stimulating our city so it came back. You can look at his performance on 9-11. You can discuss how he stood up for America and inaugurated the war against terror. But I believe that his standing up for Donald Trump and telling the truth about this election was his finest hour. Just like Churchill said, Britain's finest hour. Now, there was a really important uh, opinion issued by Judge Clarence Thomas last week that I want to talk about a little bit in some depth. It casts an entirely new perspective on two crucial issues that are dividing America, uh, abortion and gun control. On abortion, Thomas said, from the beginning, birth control and abortion were promoted as a means of effectuating eugenics. Eugenics is the to manipulate the genetic pool of the human race so that we can control the outcome and good people get born and bad people don't get born. Margaret Sanger was particularly open, this is Thomas speaking, was particularly open about the fact that birth control could be used for eugenic purposes. These arguments about eugenic potential for birth control apply even greater to abortion. Like many elites of the day, Sanger accepted the eugenics movement and said it was the most adequate and thorough avenue to the solution of racial, political, and social problems. The final solution, as Adolf Hitler said. She said the unbalance between the birth rate of the unfit and the fit was the greatest menace to civilization we faced, particularly in a democracy like the United States. This is Margaret Sanger speaking, um, where... The, where quantity of political power has been bestowed upon the lowest elements of our population, Sanger said, the reckless spawning carries with it the seeds of destruction. In other words, that, that poor people and black people and minority people are going to give birth in record numbers and they'll all have the vote and in a democracy that will ruin the United States. So when conservatives speak up against abortion and liberals defend abortion. Let's understand that the history of this issue was that people used abortion to manipulate racial composition. And if there was ever a graphic illustration, ever a graphic illustration in our history of the phrase Black Lives Matter, it is on this issue. That Black Lives Matter in the feet, in the womb, and at birth, and throughout their lives. And the essence, the core of Planned Parenthood and of the abortion movement was that black lives didn't matter and could be taken through abortion. Interesting perspective. Now, the other thing I want to talk about here is the impact of all of this on gun control as an issue. Uh, I was moved incredibly by Condi Rice's statement 
where she talked about the problems that she faced in Birmingham, Alabama, where she was uh, she was a child, and she knew the four girls that were killed in the Birmingham three girls that were killed in the Birmingham church bombing, and she spoke about that, and she said that the only defense we had was that Daddy sat up all night with a shotgun in his lap to keep the Ku Klux Klan and the Night Riders at bay. And the black men of the neighborhood formed a posse that went out and patrolled the neighborhood and kept the Klan and the other terrorists away. And Condi Rice writes that had she, had there been gun registration at the time, uh, Bull Connor, the sheriff of the uh, Birmingham, Alabama, would have confiscated those guns and would probably have arrested the people who had them that the goal was to disarm the black population. And, of course, the first thing that Hitler did after he took power in 1933 was to have total gun control in Germany and to permit nobody to have a gun. And cast that against the McDonald case in in, uh, St. Louis, where this couple are sitting at home minding their own business, and a mob shows up on their doorstep uh, from BLM and from Antifa. And they came out with guns to brandish them in front of the mob to get them to go away and not smash their windows and not burn their house down as they had been doing to other homes. And the district attorney prosecuted them and I believe recently got a conviction uh, for reckless use of a firearm. Uh, the idea of gun control and the idea of pro-choice on abortion has a humane and positive motivation, but it can be used for the most horrific of purposes. And we saw that with eugenics on abortion and with uh, the Ku Klux Klan violence when it comes to uh, when it comes to gun control. Uh, this this show is sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, there is a silver alert. You know, when you're driving in Florida, you see in your car silver alert. That means some elderly person, some senior citizen is behind the wheel and shouldn't be in like is driving the wrong way on the highway and you got to be alert. You got to watch out for them. Well, there's a silver alert now in the financial system. Silver is going to go crazy in its price according to the Dow, according to Barron's, according to a whole lot of other sources. Uh, the uh, Bank of America projects that it will rise to almost $50 in 21. It's now at 28. And in 22, it says it could go into the hundreds. The reason for this is that not only that with all the inflation that's going on because of Biden's spending, people are looking for a, for a refuge in inflation to protect their life savings and their retirement. So they go to gold and silver. But more particularly, silver is the essential ingredient in construction. You can't build a road. You can't build a, uh, a bridge. You can't build anything without silver. And this infrastructure package is going to increase the demand for silver enormously. And silver at the moment is so scarce that the U.S. Mint has prohibited sales of silver uh, in, in the last few months. And uh, if that isn't the recipe for major increase in prices, I don't know what is. So call the Patriot Gold Group at 888-912-1469. That's 888-912-1469. Patriot Gold Group, 888 912 
1469. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. It's so hard. What is the gun song? What's the next song? Losing control, yeah, I'm all over the place. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I want to read that quote from Condoleezza Rice that puts gun control in an imp- incredibly important perspective. She's discussing the Birmingham bombing, which took place when she was about 16 years old. After the first explosion, Daddy went outside and sat on the porch with his gun on his lap. He sat there all night looking for white night riders. Eventually, Daddy and the men of the neighborhood formed a watch. They would take shifts at the head of the entrances to our streets. Occasionally, they would fire a gun into the air to scare off intruders, but they never actually shot anyone. Because of this experience, I am a fierce defender of the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. Had my father and his neighborhoods and his neighbors registered their weapons, Bull Connor, the racist police chief, surely would have confiscated them or worse. The Constitution speaks of the right to a well-regulated militia. The inspiration for this was the founding fathers' fear of government. They insisted that citizens have the right, if necessary, to resist the authorities themselves. What better example of responsible gun ownership is there than what the men in my neighborhood did in response to the Ku Klux Klan and Bull Connor? Uh, Very eloquent, very important. So give me a call. Tell me what you think. Uh, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. Let's go to um, Ralph in Rockland County. Hey, Ralph. Hi, Ralph. Hey, Dick, an honor to speak to you as always. Thank you. Uh, your insights are always right on. Um, well, this racism stuff goes back years, and it, and it generally this country's gotten much better, and I thought when Barack Obama was president, he could have really solved a lot of issues, and he did really nothing. Me too. I almost voted for about him because solving of that. racism issues in this country. Well, he did worse. He, uh, he energized the... the uh, movement to discriminate against white people. And uh, he completely took away the idea that the civil rights movement meant equality. Uh, now they're talking about equity, which is far, far removed from equality. I appreciate your calling, Ralph. The, uh, and uh, let's go to Tom in Yonkers, who's got some thoughts about our President Trump. Hey, Tom. Hi, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, hi, how you doing? I just wanted to talk about the vote. Now you spoke about the vote and right now the government is trying to change the way we vote. And that actually violates the constitution because it takes away the state's right to mandate the vote. It sure does. Now we're going to have massive mail-in valley, uh, voting, uh, voter drop boxes. Yep. How are we going to have a uh, well, free great, and fair election? Great question. When the constitution was ratified, uh, Governor George Clinton of New York, no relation uh, to my former client, said that there is nothing in this document to stop the federal government from wiping out democracy at the state level. 
and uh, the, and since the states elect the congressmen and the senators at that point through the state legislatures, there's nothing to stop them from establishing a king and a monarchy. And as a result of that, James Madison put a clause in the Constitution saying that the regulation of elections was the exclusive province of state legislatures. Then in 2013... Uh, then in 1965, rather, the Voting Rights Act was passed, which was a very important, very good bill. But it said that the former states of the Confederacy and, oddly, New York City were so racist in their application of election laws that that power had to be taken away from them because of the, fifth, the guarantee of the vote in the 15th Amendment and vested in the Department of Justice. But then in 2013, the Supreme Court ruled that there was no longer this discrimination and that the power should now revert back to the states. Senate 1 and H.R. 1 is basically overriding that Supreme Court decision and turning the power over absentee ballots, paper ballots, absentee ballots, ballot harvesting, voter ID, and, and the like, back over to the Department of Justice. But this time it will apply to all 50 states. Uh, the Department of Justice and the Attorney General and by extension, President Biden, can intervene under this bill to determine where the congressional district lines are, whether he can vote absentee, whether photo ID or other stuff will be required, uh, whether there are drop boxes and other means of voting. In other words, if Biden wants, he can basically eliminate the elections of 2022 under this bill because he can draw districts that only Democrats can win. He can provide for ballot stuffing that the Democrats can exploit to win the election. He can almost override the election. Now, fortunately, a lot of states, led already by Georgia and Arizona, but also going to be followed by Michigan and Ohio and Florida and a whole bunch of other states, are passing their own restrictions to outlaw what the Democrats did in 2020 to outlaw private funding of drop boxes, to say that you have to have an excuse when you vote absentee, uh, to require either signature verification or the last four digits of your your driver's license number, or your social security number, rather, to vote uh, by mail, uh, photo ID to register and to vote, and a whole variety of things to make sure that these shenanigans don't happen again. And uh, I believe that we're now in a very good place. Mansion and Cinema have stopped the uh, S1 HR1 from going through by preserving the filibuster. And they're committed on preserving the filibuster, and I think it's going to be very hard for them to back off. Now, they were pushing a compromise bill that's no compromise. It's the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and it's just as bad as Pelosi proposed. But there's no way in hell that's going to get 60 votes. And as long as the filibuster remains, we're going to be okay. So at the moment, it looks good, but keep your fingers crossed. So give me a call, 800-848-9222. We'll continue that conversation. We all saw how terrible big tech was in this election. We all saw how it completely stopped the news from getting out. When Hunter Biden's laptop was revealed and was clearly uh, a legitimate thing, uh, and it revealed the extent of, of Biden's involvement with bribery from China, 
with bribery from Ukraine. It totally debunked Biden's position that he was not involved in his son's business. It even showed that he had met with the head of Burisma, the corrupt uh, utility company, energy company that had put Hunter on the payroll. And, and all the big tech companies banned it, wouldn't let it be disseminated. When the New York Post courageously ran the story, they stopped the New York Post from being able to be online. And they just absolutely arrogantly tried to keep this information from the American public. The only way Trump was able to get it before the public was in the uh, in the remaining televised debate Biden had thinked out on the second one. Uh, he brought the business partner of Hunter Biden to the debate and had a press conference with him right before the debate where he explained what had gone on. And that forced the networks and forced the TV stations to cover it. Well, now it's time for us to deal with big tech. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. You had to be a big shot, didn't you? All your friends were so knocked out. You had to have the last word last night. You know what everything's about. The big tech, big you shots. Have absolutely, it has gone to their head. And uh, there's a great Churchill quote I love. His brains have gone to his head. <laughs> and that, I think, is a good description of the Apple and Microsoft and all of those guys. Now there is legislation that's being introduced that I think is really superb. And what's especially superb is that it's proposed by a Democrat with Republican support, but a Democratic congressman is proposing it. Uh, Representative uh, Pramila Jayapal, uh, she's from India, uh, J-A-Y-A-P-A-L of the state of Washington. She has proposed with other Democratic and Republican co-sponsors, a truly bipartisan bill, has proposed the Ending Platform Monopolies Act. And what that would do is it would promote competition in online marketplace, places such as those run by Amazon or Google. And would say, you can do that. You can have your marketplace. You can have people shopping. You can use your site as a shopping network. But because you also make certain products, Amazon and Google, certain products of your own, you may not both be a marketplace and promote your own products. Uh, you have to get rid of the, quote, she, what she calls the irreconcilable conflict of interest that arises when dominant platforms both control a marketplace and sell items on it. Uh, that would fundamentally and irrevocably change Google and uh, all of the other platforms, Amazon, because they would have to divest the business, split the business in half, just like when Judge Harold Green broke up ATT. That forced ATT to set up a phone company on the one hand, and a data collection service on the other. And that was the true birth of the Internet. That's what permitted the Internet to exist. Before that decision, uh, the phone company deliberately did not install push-button phones, but rotary dial phones because you couldn't send data over a rotary dial, and they knew that push-button would lead to email and would lead to their own destruction. Now what we're doing is we're seeing the same kind of division being forced on these companies if this law is passed. This will cripple the outrageous power of big tech. It will save us from that kind of tyranny. So give me a call, 800-848-9222. Let me know what you think. 
Uh, let's go to uh, John in Staten Island, who has some thoughts about abortion. Hi, uh, Mr. Morris. I just want to bring up this point, which is kind of important. Uh, we go through all this stuff in regards to um, crime in the city. But there's a major crime if you go to Congress now. There was an urbancare.org cure report on the Center of Urban Renewal and Education. And this is 2015, going back to 2015. There are 19 million babies who are black were aborted since the inception of abortion. Wow. So we're talking about 474 out of 1,000 black babies never had a chance in, in this country to live, do anything. Now, let, let's, population- let's spend a minute with that stat. Um, there are about, a, there were about a million abortions a year in the U.S. Now it's down, thankfully, to 650,000. Um, by the way, many, 30% of them with the pill, only 70% from clinics. So, uh, you're saying that 47% of the abortions are black babies? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, no, it's saying that 474 out of every thousand uh, black American population. Right. So we're talking about almost 50 percent of the population right. is almost wiped out with 46 million people, right. uh, black right. Americans alive. Good. So we're talking about almost a genocide created. Yeah. We, we really are. And it is a racially oriented genocide. You're right. Uh, and uh, And it is having a disproportionate impact on blacks. And I believe that the, just like the filibuster has had a new life when we look at the outrageous extremities the Democrats are going to in the House, I believe the pro-life movement needs to have a new life under the saying, under the banner, Black Lives Matter. Because if there was ever anything that is more fundamentally destroying black lives, it's abortion. And behind that, you have the collapse of marriage. And behind that, you have the failure to enact child support and all of those things. And that, to me, really should be the core of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, let's go to um, – uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to uh, Gordon in Brooklyn. Uh, yes, uh, yes, Mr. Morris. Uh, it's a pleasure to speak to such an astute political advisor as well, thank you. you. Uh, I want to, before I ask my question, I'd like to make one very quick comment. Thank God Merrick Garland didn't get on the Supreme Court. Oh yeah, you got that right. Oh man, thank you for saying that. I forgot it, but I thought it. And oh my God, you are so, so, so right. You could add Kavanaugh to that too, but he made it. So what's your question? Uh, my question is, it's in a doomsday scenario, in a terrible scenario I hope we never get to, suppose that Biden gets all the spending um, bills that he wants through right. Congress, right. and they're all enacted. Does he, would he have to raise taxes substantially, or could he somehow avoid uh, oh, raising no. taxes until be. at least after the uh, 2022 20, 20, no, election? He'd have to raise taxes dramatically. He's managing to avoid raising taxes on the infrastructure compromise, $600 because he's financing it with blue smoke and mirrors. But he can only really do that once because he's, he's, he's saying we're going to pay for that by enforcing taxes. We're hiring 80,000 new IRS agents to harass Americans and to invade their privacy. Uh, we're going to sell off the petrol, strategic petroleum reserve vital to our 
our national security. We're going to get rid of that. Uh, we're going to um, uh, set up public-private partnerships that he can't really define, and we're going to have economic growth. So no real money, just just BS. Uh, but he can only do that once. With the rest, you're talking about fundamental tax increases. But there's something I want to point out to you, Gordon. I think that you're you're not getting Tax increases for the left are not a means to the end. They are the end itself. Their goal is to level wealth. Their goal is to take wealth away from rich people and give it to poor people. It's the Robin Hood syndrome. They don't realize there wouldn't be any wealth if if that was how things were done. But they want these tax increases. It's not that they're all that opposed to them. Uh, This uh, show is sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, as I said earlier, there is a silver alert going on. Silver is caught in a squeeze on the one hand between people's desire to protect their savings and their retirement by getting rid of paper money and investing all their retirement in metal, which protects against inflation, the only thing that really does. And on the other hand, the industrial need for silver, which is going to soar both with the economic recovery in the world and also with the infrastructure package, because the stuff Biden wants to build uniquely depends upon silver. So call the Patriot Gold Group. It really is the gold and silver group at 888-912-1469. That's 888-912-1469. 9121469 It's Sunday and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Stuck in the middle with you. Yes I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. It's so hard to keep the smile from my face. Losing joy connection with the uh, issue of of uh, black black lives matter and uh it was a fascinating phone call when we talked about how margaret sanger the founder of planned parenthood like adolf hitler expressly said that uh abortion was the means of protecting the population and making sure the right people got born and the wrong people got aborted well in during the break i looked at the stats Black people are 12% of the U.S. population, but 38% of the aborted babies were black. So if that statistic doesn't demonstrate the inherent racism of abortion, if that stat doesn't demonstrate that abortion is a method of limiting the black population, it is the most racist thing we have ever encountered in this country. When more blacks are incarcerated than whites, we say, well, they commit more crimes. Uh, 85% of the dead bodies as a result of homicide are black. So we assume the murderer is black as well. And, uh, but, but that's a small percentage of the population. Uh, there are a total of 17 to 20,000 homicides a year in the United States. There are a million abortions a year, now down to the high 600,000s. Uh, Bill Clinton said that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. And I certainly believe in the rare part, and I'm thrilled that the number of abortions in the last three or four years has dropped from a million to about, uh, 650,000. 
but I did not realize until this gentleman called that 38% of the abortions are on blacks. So let's fold the right to life movement into the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, the right to life movement is the right to black babies living. Pretty heavy stuff. Um, let's go to Steve on Staten Island. Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, uh, hi Dick. Yeah, I just want to say hello to you, and I love the show. Good. And, uh, you know, you've got great topics, and uh, that's really about it. I, I appreciate that. I don't want to take much time on that other callers get into you. That's and cool. have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go to um, Jonathan in New Jersey. Good afternoon, Mr. Morris. Hey, how are you like doing? To, yes, I would like to hear your opinion and evaluate on the following. What is the future look like for the former architects of the Lincoln Project, which were also known to be the useful idiots and floor map of Democrats? Yeah, the uh, Lincoln Project is a... Uh, is, is named for Abraham Lincoln, but he would roll over in his grave. It's a, uh, it's a right wing wing, really, of the Democratic Party. Uh, they, uh, they, they are not the right wing. It's an anti-Republican wing. And their goal is to paint Donald Trump as an incompetent, a racist, a, a, a crazy guy, and to demean him in any way they possibly could. And it's run by some very prominent political consultants who tend to represent liberal Republicans, like Bill Weld of Massachusetts, and uh, and in fact were involved in some of the libertarian candidates in the last election. Uh, they live only because Donald Trump does. And uh, as Trump grows in power, and I think he's going to be the next president, uh, I think that they're going to have a great life because their goal is to try to destroy Trump. When Trump retires, they'll retire. But in the meantime, we're stuck with them. Uh, let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Uh, this, and I'm of the opinion that uh, two things are under assault in our country right now. The electoral system, which are one, is one. And what Mayor Garland is doing to the state of Georgia uh, showing uh, the state of Georgia for what they uh, put in place to require ID to vote. Yes. Uh, and the second thing is the uh, second right, I mean, with the right to wear arm. Uh, and, you know, Joseph Biden is really a uh, uh, deceitful kind of individual. Yeah. He did not deliver an address I, about crime. Uh, what just, what Ralph is talking crime. about is that uh, I was I quoted Condi Na- Condi Nest Condi Rice, <laughs> who said that uh, she believed in the Second Amendment and opposed gun control because she grew up in Birmingham, where the three young black girls were killed in a church bombing, and after that happened, her father sat on the front porch with a shotgun in his lap, and with the other black men of the neighborhood had a patrol to keep them safe from the Ku Klux Klan and the white citizens, white supremacy groups. And uh, had there been gun control in effect, their guns would have been taken away. They might have been locked up. There was a racist, would have been a racist enforcement of that law, just like there was of all the other laws in, in, that, uh, in that area. Um, so, so I appreciate that, and thank you for your call. Let's go to uh, Larry in Brooklyn. Hi, Dick. 
Hey. Yes, hi, Dick. It's an honor to speak to you. Thank you. Um, I'm sure you remember the 70s, the 80s, and part of the 90s when William Kunstler and Ron Kuby routinely excoriated cops, judges, and prosecutors on a political level as well as a legal level when they went far beyond their, uh, their, their defense capacity in doing so. And they were never uh, called in or cited yep. or suspended from the bar. Do you see that as blatant hypocrisy, especially oh, if these five judges were around back then? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a brilliant point, and I had not really thought of it. Thank you for raising it, uh, Larry. I'm indebted to you. The the idea of their letting these lawyer, these left wing lawyers, who defended uh, all of the, the the Chicago Seven and everybody else, and then the premier guests at cocktail parties throughout the city, uh, and yet Rudy Giuliani for defending the President of the United States in a public matter of great concern and election and telling the truth, which is the shenanigans that went on during that election, and that he is barred from going ahead uh, and practicing law, I think is just outrageous. Uh, let's go to Mary in Queens. Hey, Mary. Hi, thank you. I think you're great. Um, thank you. I agree with you on what you said about the abortion, but that is one of the factors that actually went against uh, President Trump because so many, I don't, I don't know, Democrats or females uh, want to be left alone. Um, there were too many actually black children that were born that the, the mothers didn't want them. And they were, you know, brought up in terrible ways. You know, some were left, some were... Yep. Uh, Brought well, up let, in a really bad me, way, terrible. Let me uh, discuss that issue with you. Uh, Donald Trump did not lose the election because he was pro-life. Uh, when you ask people, do you agree with Donald Trump on the issues, uh, over, a large majority did. In fact, in the Trump campaign, we would routinely ask this question among people who said they were unfavorable to Trump or didn't like him. He said, is it that you disagree with his positions on issues or the things he's done as president, or is it his personality and temperament that you don't like? And it was like three to one, his personality and temperament. What people don't realize about Donald Trump is that that is an essential ingredient of the successes he had. The fact that he was unconventional and different and unafraid and frank and honest about his feelings – was an essential element of his political power. Let me give you a great example, North Korea. North Korea terrified the uh, the American policymakers for a long time. Nobody could talk to them. Nobody had anything to do with them. And at one point, Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, went completely crazy and he said, we now have a button we can push that will blow up the United States because we have nuclear weapons. And you know what Trump did? Most presidents would say, I deplore his statements and call for peace and nobody should, should threaten nuclear war. What Trump said is, I have a bigger button than you do, buddy. And that absolutely knocked Kim Jong-un for a loop. Uh, and uh, it reminded me of what Nixon once said, that the president has to convince the head of the Soviet Union that he is crazy enough to launch a nuclear war. And uh, his policies intimidated and stymied uh, the Ayatollah in Iran, the dictator in North Korea, 
They succeeded in reigning in Putin. He didn't try to invade the Ukraine. Uh, all over the world, uh, tyrants and opponents of America were, were knocked down because they were terrified of Donald Trump. And he got huge tax cuts through Congress on the solid party line vote, inducing every last Republican to vote for it, even some who later voted to remove him from office. He could not have done that stuff if he had not had that personality. If he was a milquetoast personality, a go-along, get-along politician, he never would have accomplished all of that. I'll see you guys in a week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.